to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello and welcome to this week's very own DWZ. That's right, the Dynasty War Zone's very own rookie rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. That is Dallas spelled backwards with the double L Galore. And it is great to be here, guys. We are in the thick of a new and exciting series, new to this year, I should say, and a follow-up from the 2021 off-season in the Oklahoma Drill. Last week, we started with the slot wide receiver comparison of our man's Jahan Dotson and Sky Moore out of Washington and Kansas City, respectively. And this week will be a continuation with the wide receiver position as we dive into those big-bodied wide receivers. The thing with this year's big-bodied wide receivers is that They got some speed and they do what they do. So it'll be very, very exciting to see exactly what we're looking at with these two guys. I know a lot of you are probably hoping I'm going to talk about a guy like Christian Watson, but I hate Christian Watson as a prospect and I refuse to talk about him anymore, um, especially due to the fact that he is completely nicked up and hasn't done a single thing in training camp, rookie OTAs or anything this off season. Um, So that is concerning and it should be concerning to you. So uh, rookie production, I would be leaning into Romeo dubs over Christian. Watson. That is all I will say. Um, These two big body wide receivers are not the expected wide receiver one on the team, not the expected wide receiver two on the team. They're the expected wide receiver three on their offenses. And that makes this a little bit trickier for their rookie seasons in the NFL. But I think that this is a conversation that we have to have because based off of draft profile, one is going significantly earlier than the other one is. And I think that's kind of a mistake if you're looking at how one of these teams has changed this year. And those two wide receivers of note is going to be, that's right, George's very own Mr. George Pickens and Mr. Alec Pierce out of the University of Cincinnati. So you have two wide receivers that come in at six foot three and over 200 pounds. George Pickens sneaking by at 201 and Alec Pierce sneaking by at 208. Guys, it's why we do this. They're basically identical profiles when it comes to a height, weight, speed. Both of them ran in the four threes and they're going to be that true X piece on the outside. They're exciting prospects on paper until you start diving into the stats. And that's what makes this type of analysis that we do in the Oklahoma drill so exciting to me because we're taking the two guys that realistically should be doing the exact same thing for their team based off of their route running capabilities, their big bodied frames, their catch radius, their ability to catch in traffic, their speed in and out of routes, and just kind of their overall smoothness. Um, Both of these guys have shades of a man like T Higgins coming out. Are they as polished? Are they as good? Probably not. Um, There are some faults in both of their games that I've touched on multiple times this offseason, but that's not what we're talking about is the actual traits on this one when it comes to the way that they play the game truly. Um, We know that they're going to play the game very similarly. This is more of a comparison of their offensive outlook based off of their collegiate production, what we can expect their role to be on the team, and what said role typically translates into fantasy purposes which is all we really care about here, the dynasty war zone and at most other 
fantasy related contact generators. And so when you're looking at these two guys, you have to dive into the numbers and they're actually pretty similar, which can seem a little bit jarring when you realize how much time a guy like George Pickens has missed compared to Alec Pierce. But again, this is a two year sample size. So we're comparing these two players just based off of the 2020 season and the 2021 season in college to see what they're doing. And then we'll do the exact same thing with the offensive coordinators and associated quarterbacks on their teams going into 2022 to get a true outlook of what we're looking at and i'm going to tell you who's better going into their first year and who's going to end up higher on the fantasy ranks at the end of year one so once again george pickens drafted with the 20th pick in the second round of the 2022 NFL draft with Alec Pierce immediately following at the 21st pick in the second round you had these two guys who in college the biggest difference, honestly, on paper outside of their overall games played is their target percentage. George Pickens only saw a 15% target share on his offense. That was bottom 27 percentile in the, F, uh, sorry, not FCS, in FBS football last year. When you are looking at Alec Pierce, he saw over a 21% target share. That's more around the 65% range and a significant uptick, especially when you consider the offensive schemes that they're running. They're both run-first offenses with stable, good quarterbacks in Georgia and in the University of Cincinnati. Um, the biggest difference in this is really the number of games that a guy like George Pickens has played. Their averages per yards are pretty similar. You're looking at a 15.4 yards per reception over the last two years for George Pickens and a 16.7 to a guy named Alec Pierce. You saw 41 receptions for Pickens as opposed to 69, which is not shocking um, when you take into account the fact that literally George Pickens was only targeted seven times this year as he only came back for two playoff games. So when you're looking for this, um, the output in yardage, you saw a guy like Alec Pierce with those less than twice as many receptions, put up twice as many yards in 1,200 yards flat versus 624 George Pickens. And the receiving touchdowns were almost doubled as well to a guy like Alec Pierce, who saw 11 receiving touchdowns to George Pickens' six. Both of them saw absolutely no work on the ground, which is not shocking because they're massive and they're not Debo. So guess what? You're not getting any Debo comps on this one. Um, both of them, when you look at their athletic profile and what they're able to do on the field, they play very similarly to a guy like T. Higgins and to a guy like Chase Claypool. The most intriguing comparison when you're looking at a guy like Chase Claypool is looking at the fact that he now has George Pickens on his team. So when you're looking at this overall offense for the Steelers, you're looking at two players that profile pretty similarly as big towering wide receivers as true X's. And that could borderline probably play tight end if they both added a little bit more weight. Um, honestly, I mean, Claypool came in as a tight end slash wide receiver, so it's not that shocking. Um, but you're looking at George Pickens and his movement ability is very good for a guy his size. And that's what we were saying about Chase Claypool as well. The only concern that we had about Chase Claypool was injuries and his total target volume, which is very similar and reminiscent of a guy like George Pickens this year coming out. When you're looking at the Steelers offense, you are seeing that similar capacity kind of to what we were talking about with Washington last year, the overall offensive rank of the last two years has been pretty average. And that's been due to the quarterback position. We've all seen it on both the statistical paper side, as well as visually watching the Pittsburgh Steelers of the last two years say big Ben really just didn't have it anymore. Um, the problem with that is that they brought in Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, neither of which who are absolutely elite quarterbacks that honestly <laughs> will probably give you very similar production to what you were getting from a Ben Roethlisberger over the last two years. 
And so when you're looking at the pass off offense rank, when it comes to just pure volume stats, they averaged 660 pass attempts for the last two years with a Ben Roethlisberger. The thing that is not accounted in that is that <laughs> the average target below seven yards per target on this offense, that accounts for 64% of the overall pass attempts over the last two years. So when Ben Roethlisberger was throwing it, he was throwing it with an dot below seven. Um, that is extremely concerning. And it should be extremely concerning to a lot of people um, because if you don't see people start pushing the ball down the field with this offense, you're going to see two options in Chase Claypool and in George Pickens now really not produce at the correct level of what you would anticipate them to be able to do. So when you're looking at this offense, I said it, the total pass volume average has been 660 attempts. I think that goes down a little bit this year. Uh, expecting one of a rookie in Kenny Pickett or Mitchell Trubisky to throw the ball over 650 times this year, which is significantly above the league average is asking a lot. And the thing that's been kind of different is what I would say is that the quarterback is a little bit more accurate. So on those big targets where they can't separate quite as much, you need a more accurate quarterback and big Ben because of his arm deteriorating the last couple of years has not been as accurate as you would anticipate. Um, the thing is Kenny Pickett also hasn't been super accurate, but the guy they brought in in Mitchell Trubisky has been actually sneaky accurate when it comes to QB on target percentage. He's been basically above league average at just under 76% of his passes going for on target, you know, completions basically um, very, very, steady very very middle of the road and that's really all you're asking when you have as many offensive weapons as this pittsburgh steelers do in their running back core with Najee harris with their new but uh not bust sorry breakout tight end in pat primary last year with the likes of deontay johnson one of the best separators in the league chase claypool a towering just red zone monster who's a deep threat as well george pickens they brought in a speedy calvin austin as well and with an average amount of vacated targets on the steelers you're looking at chase Claypool um, still on the team and Deontay still on the team, but everyone else in the wide receiver core basically jetsoned. Raymond McLeod is no longer with the team. James Washington, the mainstay at wide receiver three, is not on the team. So you're looking at the wide receiver three role pretty much exclusively coming in immediately for a guy like George Pickens. The concern for that is that wide receiver threes don't seem very sexy <laughs> on a regular basis when you are looking at teams because the target volume is often not there. The average targets though for the wide receiver three on the Pittsburgh Steelers over the last two years due to their pure passing volume has actually been 88 targets which is the second highest in the league when you go around all teams I was pretty shocked to look at that when you consider in our minds um, recency bias we have a tendency to kind of forget some of the production you see a couple years ago um, we all forget there was three wide receivers on the Steelers in 2020 that were top 30 wide receivers. You had Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju Smith-Schuster all as top 30. Their lowest in 2020 was wide receiver 27 in half PPR standing. So the team is very capable when it comes to their weapons of putting up multiple high-end wide receivers. So that is why it's, it's pretty optimistic for what you can expect from George Pickens as long as the offense is consistent. Um, but like I said, I I would shy away from the even remote thought they're going to go over 600 pass attempts on this team. I think Najee is going to get leaned into even more. I think they're going to go for a slower pace, and they're probably going to use a little bit of the mobility of Mitchell Trubisky and some read option stuff to just go shorter, more regular completions, especially in this overall division where they don't really want to get into barn burners and they still have the best defense in the division without question. So 
George Pickens coming in, albeit with only 163 vacated targets on the team. Um, if he gets half of those with 88 being the average of the last two years, you could see a completion percentage with him of about 75%, which would be above average for a rookie, which would put him at over 60 receptions on the season. And with his just extrapolated average for a 15 yards per carry, you're looking at roughly a 60 reception, 800 yard season. And if he puts up a consistent touchdown total, which he should as a big target in an offense that makes it very difficult to actually play against them in the red zone due to all of their weapon options, five to six touchdowns, you're looking at exactly what Devonta Smith did last year for the Eagles. So that is pretty much my baseline. That's what I want from a first or a second round pick is the ability to put up a very consistent, very average wide receiver season, i.e. what I expect a guy like Traylon Burks to do. George Pickens, you don't have to spend a top five pick on like you do on Traylon Burks. You can get him pretty late. And it's just one that I'm pretty optimistic for what we're going to see from George Pickens his first year. From all camp reports, he's been pretty much blowing it up. And he just has the opportunity. He's finally getting healthier as the season goes on. Mitchell Trubisky, as long as he's average, like I said, he's been able to basically make a guy like Allen Robinson successful, a guy like Darnell Mooney look decent in his rookie year. So it's one of those things where it's like you have to kind of lean into it. You kind of have to squint in order for you to project large numbers. But there's a reasonable path for a guy like Claypool to be successful. Um, But that is a baseline success. The player that I truly believe that could be a true steal in this year's overall production is Alec Pierce with the Indianapolis Colts. And it has a large part to do with Matty Ice coming to town. They have even less vacated targets than what the Pittsburgh Steelers had, which was below league average this season in 154. But when you are looking at Matt Ryan, he has a 78.7% on target percentage of the last two years. And that is with nobody protecting him on the offensive line with no true weapons outside of Kyle Pitts in a very hampered both Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones on the team to where he was thrown to basically nobody's over the last 18 calendar months. And he was still putting up 4,000 plus yards with a positive touchdown interception ratio on a team that really shouldn't have been in games, winning some games that he shouldn't have. Matt Ryan's a very consistent quarterback. He doesn't have the deep ball that you would expect for some of these guys. But the thing without Pierce is that for his size, for his height, for his weight, for his speed, he actually is not a huge burner down the field. There aren't that many plays on tape or, on the stat side where you say, oh, wow, he is a deep threat. He is extremely good at getting open deep, and he's good. No, he's kind of an intermediate threat. He's a fast move, and he almost plays like a big slot, but he's not. He's going to play on the outside opposite of a guy like Michael Pittman because Paris Campbell has all but locked up that slot role. So when I'm looking at this guy, the team offensive rank of the last two years of Frank Reich has been ninth overall. Their passing percentage has been 27th, which is abysmal when you're comparing wide receivers like that. That was a big red flag. But you also have to consider they really haven't had any wide receiver options over the last two years. They've had a very decrepit, aging, and constantly injured T.Y. Hilton. They've had Paris Campbell, who's played a combined three out of the last 48 games on the team. You have a guy in... Michael Pittman, who's been pretty much the only godsend, but he's not a true burner either. He doesn't actually have the long speed to truly do anything. He's just kind of a Allen Robinson-esque player where he's very good at separating in between. And then you have tight ends that get targets just because they're big and in the middle of the field and easy to target for quarterbacks that haven't been playing up to par really on this team. And a running back that is 
probably unquestioned the best running back in the NFL right now to a lot of people, both in the fantasy space and in the actual NFL space. Jonathan Taylor does what he does. And then you have a check down Charlie and Naheen Hines. And so this offense has leaned on its good players and its good players are over the middle large targets and Pittman in the tight end group, as well as check downs and handing the ball with the second to third best offensive line in the league, as well as the best running back in the league. So I see that changing. You could see the most balanced offense probably in the league coming up with these two, because this is one of the only teams in the NFL where you look at it outside of like, you know, obviously when you look at a team like the Los Angeles chargers, they are a little bit more skill position, happy all over the field, and they could probably be more balanced and their quarterback's a little bit better. But when it comes to like pure balance in the NFL with the weapons, the quarterback at the helm, his smarts, his ability to actually lead an offense and an offensive line that is by far the best in his career. You could see this offensive outlook for the Colts be the best we've seen basically since prime Andrew luck, which is Pretty scary to think about because that was an extremely good offensive system with a really bad defense. But guess what? Their defense is good now. Their offensive line is good, and they have the best running back that they've had in the last 15 years. So when I'm looking at a guy like Alec Pierce, um, I have to do less projection for overall target volume. He's sitting at basically an average of 67 targets over the wide receiver three over the last two years on this team. But once again, they have been divvying up between a bunch of nobodies, basically. Zach Pascal, for as productive as he's been at the touchdown game, has only seen over 47 receptions once in his career. And you're looking at this team just screaming for another wide receiver option. So you see a big guy in Alec Pierce who can be just as explosive when it comes to the long speed based off of the numbers and based off of what you see on tape and his ability to separate as a guy like T.Y. Hilton has been, plus a strong track record of staying healthy, a good rapport with quarterbacks who like to target big covered wide receiver options, i.e. and Matt Ryan, who's been doing it his entire career to Roddy White and then Julio Jones. And then having a true alpha on the outside with a very competent connection with Michael Pittman. So they can lean a lot of different ways in this offense. Like I said, I think it's going to be pretty balanced. I think it actually goes a little bit higher of a total pass volume where they only saw 536, which once again was in bottom four of the NFL last year. I think we could see that go up to a more average range of about 580 attempts. That's 50 more pass attempts. A large portion of those, in my opinion, go to a guy like Alec Pierce or potentially the tight end position. Um, but the thing with Matt Ryan is outside of the Austin Hooper years, that's, I mean, very early in his career, he had Tony Gonzalez and then Austin Hooper had one boom year. Other than that, tight ends have been pretty irrelevant in Matt Ryan run offenses with a bevy of different offensive coordinators. So he doesn't really have a propensity to throw to the big target over the middle. He has a propensity to throw to the big targets on the outside because he trusts his arm. And this offense, as I said, could be very efficient. So although the numbers have a tendency to lean towards the George Pickens side, from what I understand of Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan's offense, I feel much better about banking on accurate, consistent targets to a guy like Alec Pierce in his rookie season, as opposed to a guy like George Pickens. Now, Year two, year three outlook is completely different because once again, Matt Ryan is probably only going to be here for another year to two. He's going to be 38 at the end of the season. Not long for the NFL league. Um, you're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers who realistically could move on from one, if not both of their top wide receiver options other than George Pickens. And George Pickens could just assume that wide receiver role going into 2023. But we're talking about 2022 value and what we are expecting to see. So kind of like the contender mindset. And so when I'm looking at these two players, albeit 
both extremely similar profiles, extremely similar production in college, and extremely similar roles in their offense, I think one of the offenses will actually be significantly better than the other one. Um, a lot of people are leaning into that Pittsburgh side, but for me, it's the Colts, and it's not really close. The competition target, um, you know, the target competition between uh, Moali Cox, Paris Campbell, and Michael Pittman is just significantly easier to break through as compared to a Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Pat Fryermuth, especially when you see how productive those three players have been in their short careers. Um, a common stat everyone likes to throw around is that they think that Michael Pittman is just significantly better than Claypool, but when you look at their stats over the last two years, Claypool is significantly better than Michael Pittman has been. Uh, it's similar production, but the per snap, per reception basis, the touchdown overall totals, the reception totals, the receiving yard totals all lean towards Chase Claypool. And so it's just harder for Pickens to break in. I like Pickens a lot, and I have Pickens rated higher in my dynasty ranks. But when I'm looking at year one production, I don't think it's really a question. I think Alec Pierce could be one of the highest risers when it comes to the value of acquisition that you had to pay for him in 2022 rookie drafts as compared to what you'll be able to trade for, basically trade him away for at the end of the season, which might not be a bad move to do trading him away at the end of the season if he does produce how I anticipate. Uh, both of these guys realistically could go in that 600 to 700 yards production range. The real differentiation between the two players is going to be health, which my arrow will always point to a guy like Alec Pierce as opposed to a guy like George Pickens, just based off of history. Um, George Pickens is pretty injury prone and I don't throw that around easily very often, but the other factor for me is touchdowns. And when it comes to touchdown opportunity, albeit um, you're going to have to see some massive regression when it comes to running in the red zone versus passing the red zone for the Colts. Um, but I think it's pretty easier to, you know, trust a Matt Ryan in the red zone as opposed to a Carson Wentz in the red zone, just from a coaching standpoint and from a fan standpoint. So I know Memphis is pretty high on these two new rookies in, um, why well, I'm like, sorry, Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods for the team for the Colts, as am I. I'm very optimistic for what Matt Ryan can do for the offense. And I'm very optimistic that Alec Pierce will outproduce George Pickens in the rookie seasons when it's all said and done in half PBR standpoints. So, this has been the big bodied wide receiver outlook episode for the Oklahoma drill competing the two guys on the outside, true X's with some speed to burn. These are two guys I like, and I much rather would have honestly traded back for an extra pick or something like that in order to pick up two seconds. And then maybe a pick next year, as opposed to picking in the late first, and then just scooping up a guy like George Pickens and Alec Pierce, because like I said, these guys have some good outlooks going into next year um, with the wide receiver position being where it's at and the amount of money that you're seeing. I mean, just look at DK Metcalf's signing a couple of weeks ago with his extension for $30 million signing bonus, 50, basically $60 million guaranteed over the next three years, which is just a baseline with the incentives to basically make him the highest paid wide receiver when it comes to a per year average, if he actually gets it all. And so teams are going to be leaning into these young wide receivers. Whenever you find big guys like this, that can move like both of these guys can in the four threes, you have to lean into that aspect. And I think that's what both the teams did very intelligently this last year, but until next week, you guys have a great time. This has been the rookie rundown, Oklahoma drill, big body edition and get excited. Cause we're going to be diving into some running back options for your rookie season expectations going into the 2022 season next week. Later, guys. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing.
won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.